from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Hey, welcome back to our little podcast show. Happy New Year, everybody. It's the first show of the new year. Uh, exciting, exciting around here in the Digital Movie Club. We are about to embark on the uh, into the 2000s. Um, and to kick it off, we have a special movie with 2000 in the title, but we're not going to talk about that just yet. Just so you know, a lot of people waiting with bated breath because when when we were when on our old schedule and Justine was a regular, she was waiting, could not wait for us to get to... Austin Powers. Now, Austin Powers was released in the late 90s. We did not do Austin Powers. We are saving that for when Justine can make her return to the show. So just, so you, guys, just so you guys know, we have not skipped over Austin Powers. I know a lot of people That's were waiting for us great. to do that. Uh, they wanted us to, you know, really break, get into the, dig deep into the, into the comedy gold that is the uh, Austin Powers trilogy. Uh, I'm curious to see how some of that has aged, because that was like the last... Uh, that was like the last gasp for politically incorrect comedy like that. So I'm really, I really want to see how. But you know what? He's as 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 scummy as Austin Powers can be. He's a, he's a real gentleman. Okay. He is. He is. And uh, you know, it's. I just want to see the the body hair. I want to see the. Mm-hmm. I want to see the carpet. That, that carpet. The chest. Yeah. <laughs> I just. Watched... I'm betting there's a lot of jokes. I'm betting there's a lot of jokes you couldn't do now. You know, I'm just betting. I just uh... watched. I just watched uh, Goldfinger last night, and that is not an exaggeration. That uh, shag carpet that he's wearing on his chest is not an exaggeration. No, it is. Li- it's literal shag carpet. That's literally literally the way uh, Sean Connery was though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I had it. If you really want to watch a movie and you really want to dissect it, watch it with no sound and the subtitles on. Watch it that way. See if it holds up. Mm. See if it holds up. Mm, it's uh, not the same though. It's, it's all about the delivery. Why? Why is that? Explain that. Am I missing something? Why? Well, why is that the because, way to watch it? Because you're just watching the visuals. You're watching. Oh, you're watching see. to yeah, see yeah, how yeah. how it holds together visually, and and Goldfinger actually holds up. It's actually well shot, well constructed. You know. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a you know it's a movie. It's a movie. Well, I know what you're saying. It's it's just before it tips into its own thing. It, right. Once you get to like maybe Thunderball uh, or maybe uh, You Only Live Twice, it becomes a genre unto itself. But up until Goldfinger, it's they're still finding their way. And yeah, it's a movie movie. It doesn't have to be for, you know, Bond fanatics only, you know. That was back when they were Bond films and not a Bond movie, you know. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, there are there are certain movies that are Bond. I feel like all of the uh the Daniel Craig tr- trilogy were Bond films. Were Bond films. Yeah, and maybe like the first 4 or 5 are Bond films, but then uh, I'd say that very- I, I'd argue the first 2 are films. And then Goldfinger yeah. becomes when they become Bond movies. Then you kind of bring it back to film with uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service kind of goes back into the film. And then uh, all of Roger Moore, they just take a break. Uh, no, for your eyes only, I'm going to say is more like, no, that's still silly. Uh, it's oh. like, you know what it is? It's because Goldfinger is the template. Uh, really, everything after Goldfinger, that's the template for anything silly that that follows. So it's a whole different tone, you know. Right, right. You're right. 
as far as the gadgets and all that. But, For you know, sure. it's the first. So For it's sure. kind of like Star Wars. It's like whatever's going on, this is the first one, you know? Right. Exactly. Because those first two, you know, they're great, but it, they definitely have a different tone. Right. They definitely aren't uh, aren't silly. They're a little more cold. They're a little more Cold War-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they all deal with the cold. But then, you know, with Goldfinger, you start to get into like the... The, the, well, I guess they did it with Doctor No. Gadgets. Doctor No still had a tie into like the 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 because they were trying to build like a missile thing to shoot right. down missiles. Uh, right. Yeah. This is really where the with Goldfinger, you're really you're really getting into the supervillain, the the whole supervillain thing. So. Mm-hmm. And the gadgets, you really that's when you get the gadgets on the car and all that stuff. You know, Jake, it becomes. I, I don't think I know this. What what is your? I don't think I've ever asked you this. What is your favorite Bond film that we've covered so far? <laughs> Like what is Me? your f- yeah uh, no Jake? Uh, I really like any. Of, I can pick any of the Sean Connerys, and I'd be very happy. Yeah, so I, very, very good. Um, Even diamonds are forever. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Why not? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would say from Russia with love. If I had to pick between yeah. the two, from Russia yeah. with love, I think made my yeah. favorite. Um, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, I thought was really good too. Yeah. I was I was surprised at how well that went over with everybody, cause, especially considering it's kind of a one-off, you know. Yeah, because it's such a good story. It just you know it's the thing everybody just sort of scratches their heads and go, God, if they could have just had Connery on this, it was, it's really the best story, and it's the one. It's so ironic that's the one without Connery. You know? Right, <laughs> right, yeah. You gotta you gotta make it happen though. Yeah, all those early, all the early Bond movies, I think were I think were pretty solid. Uh, like three, uh, who's uh, yeah. Once they started to get silly, is when I sort of check out and it's like, well, this is just a popcorn movie, just to sit back, some sit back, relax, and pass the time, as opposed to sitting down and like, oh, this is actually a really good movie, cool story. Right, right, right. There's a few of them that are good. I mean, I mean, there's even um, uh, a view to the kill. I thought was pretty good. We liked, uh, you know, the one that another one that everybody liked that we went over was. Um, the uh the, the Timothy Dalton ones. Those were those are actually pretty good. Those are actually really good. And he's good in yeah. them. And it's unfortunate yeah. he, only, he only made two. Because I thought he was a really It is unfortunate. Yeah. Because watching that them in, in a whole different era. Watching them in order as we did, uh it really you really see the, the difference and, and they were really trying to go back to something like a more dark version of Bond. Not yeah. not Daniel Craig dark, but a little a little more serious version. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little more at stake. So it would have been nice if he could have done a couple more. That would have been nice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's too bad there's only two. Right. Right, John. Right. Um, well, you know, that's our James Bond talk for today. Love it. How, <laughs> All roads lead back to James Bond. <laughs> how would you, how was your, uh, well, we can't talk about it when, when, uh, when, when, um, when Justine's here. That's true. That's, that's true. true. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a very it's a very triggering topic for her Bond James Bond in general. So it's Bond. ironic, <laughs> it's ironic that she's such a fan of the Austin Powers because <laughs> you know it, those owe so much to James Bond. It's just kind of funny that those she likes. Yeah, she doesn't really care about the origin. She just wants the comedy. Yeah, I guess that's true. She's, there you go. Because those are funny. Think, right. th- those are funny even if you don't know anything about James Bond. If you know yeah, more, sure. obviously the jokes are funnier. You know. A lot of a lot You're of right. a lot of vagina is a funny name, but if you know where yeah. the roots are, it makes it, it adds to the joke. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like right. You, you can enjoy Blazing Saddles and never have seen a Western. 
and Young Frankenstein and not be fanatical about the monster movies right. like we are. Yeah, right, exactly. exactly. That's boy, right. Well, boy, those references are funny if you if you understand uh, the source. It material takes too. it to it takes it to a whole mm-hmm. other level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, John, speaking of Universal uh, horror, I just watched a movie. So Criterion has a move uh, collection this month. It's uh, cat movies, and some of them mm. are, some of them are like cat people. And mm. uh, some of them are movies that have cats, like Inside Lewin Davis. Um, wow. Um, That's they, crazy. But they had one called, they, and they even have that darn cat and cat from outer space in that collection, which I thought was wow. really, yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, Somebody's got a sense of humor. What about cats don't dance? Uh, that, I don't know if they have that. Well, that didn't look, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. check it out. But uh, they did have a movie called The Cat Creeps, which I had never mm. seen. It was like a one hour Little universal programmer, what they called them, called them back in the day. Uh, with yeah. a, it was an I know it was an hour, it was like made in like 46. Uh, it was not good, it was just it seemed like a pilot for a, uh, a show about a you know, this is pre TV or pre you know, mass TV. Uh, it just seemed like a pilot, an unused pilot. And it was just about this cat that knew where this money was, and it, it, it was uh, these people were in this, it was kind of like an old dark house kind of thing. Hmm. You know, that's one I actually haven't seen. There's some really obscure universals that I haven't seen. That's one of them. So it was barely an hour, probably, right? Right. It was like 60, like it was about like 57 minutes, maybe. And even that felt too long. But. And was there anybody in there that you recognized? Well, here's uh, the thing. Here's what I'm going to tell you. The comedy relief, the sidekick was uh, Joseph. Uh, Joseph Rockford, uh, or no, also known as Rocky, also known as uh, James Garner's dad, was Noah Beery Jr. He was ah, the uh, he was the photographer sidekick to the uh, to the reporter that gets put on the case. Cool. How about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he I'll looked, have to watch that sometime. He looks just like you. You know, he looks like a younger version of himself. He did not change. You're just like, wow. He always looked like uh, like like Rockford's dad. It's just kind of funny. Right, because he also turns up in um, Only Angels Have Wings. He's one of the pilots. And you go, he always had that lumpy face. It's kind of like Walter Matthau. Right. Even when he's young, he's got this sort of like Yogi Bear face, you know? Right. <laughs> he's, he's just got dark hair. That's the only difference, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's and so funny. How he, about that? And he's kind of got that drawl. I don't know where the beeries were from, but he has kind of that drawl. Where were the Berries from? You know, because well, that was like a um, that was like a film family, right? It was Noah, Barry, Berry. Yeah, there was there was a bunch of them. They go back to the silent. There's Wallace Berry. Yeah. yeah, I think there might even be. Uh, yeah, there might even be somebody older than Wallace Berry. Yeah, I mean, he was doing stuff in silent. Wallace Berry was doing stuff in silent before he started doing the talkies. But yeah, he yeah I in, think you're right. He, Wallace Berry was in one of the Keaton movies, I think the Three Ages, right? I think he's in one of those. That's right. He's the caveman. He's the, Or actually, he's the bad guy in all Three Ages, yeah. yeah. Um, he's the heavy. I think, yeah, what, there's a Noah Berry Sr., I think is what it is. I think in Silent Days, there's a Noah Berry Sr., yeah. So I, I guess he's the nephew of uh, Wallace Berry. Uh, you think they went after the, uh, you think it was like a, a duel between them and the, and the, and the Barrymores back in the day? You think they were like... <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of those families, you know, like Ed Begley Sr. There's a lot of Tyrone Tower was a junior. You know, there's a lot of these guys there. They were families, you know, they were, they were taking after their dads. It's kind of funny when you look, well, hell, Lon Chaney, Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr. And Lon Chaney Jr. refused, you know, his real name was, was Creighton. 
Creighton Cheney, and he said they starved me into. T- he said I did not want to be billed as Lon Cheney Jr. He said I wanted to make it on my own, but they starved me. They just gave me little bit parts. Thug number three, cowboy number two. They said, "Look, if you'll, if we can bill you as Lon Chaney Jr., you can be like the star." And finally, he said, "Well, they starved me into it." Oh, that's I awful. said, "Fine, yeah." So by the time he does the Wolfman, you know, he did a couple westerns as Creighton Chaney, and he just finally he says, "Okay, okay, you can bill me as Lon Chaney Jr." And then it starts happening. You know, he does uh, of Mice and Men and the Wolfman. He starts to have a career. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. Not a good-looking man. Not a good-looking man, Lon Chaney. <laughs> well, if you go, um, he wasn't. A, if you go back to like thirty-eight, thirty-nine, he wasn't ugly. He's sort of like a not a leading. He didn't have like leading man classic no. handsome no. looks. No. But the thing is, he was a drinker. So by the time you get to the the forties, he's starting to look oh, sort of. Is that you true? Know, is that true? Yeah, he was a real. Yeah, unfortunately, he was real alcoholic. So he starts to look pretty bad by the time you get to like the late forties. But you look at him like uh, you know late thirties. He's, he's, you know, he's like, you know, in the Wolfman, he, he can just about pass as the, uh, yeah, as the romantic lead. You know? <laughs> he, he always, like, you know, this is close enough. This is fine. Yeah. 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 He's just like an average, he's just like a dude. He's just like he's a, a right. He's yeah. an average looking guy. Yeah. Not like Broderick Crawford. I saw him in an old universal thing. And before he put on the weight, and he was also a drinker. Those guys were drinking buddies. Broderick Crawford and Lon Chaney Jr. were drinking buddies. That's As a crazy. Fact, they demolished uh, – there's a story that um, on the set of The Wolfman, they demolished his uh, dressing room. They would just drink until they, they blacked out, and they would just, like, smash up the dressing room just for the fun of it. And so finally the producer wow. said, we're going to give this – dressing room to Evelyn Anchors because she will take care of it. He needs a dressing room. You guys are just thrashing it. So that didn't sit too well with Lon Chaney. They didn't get along so well. He's all, hey, she took my dressing room. I was like, no, you demolished your dressing room with Roger Crawford. Now we're going to give it to somebody who's going to use it as a dressing room, you know, and not a place to just get drunk, you know. So what you're saying is Roger Crawford was good looking before he got fat. Yeah, what did I see him? I saw him. He was in a crazy universal programmer called The Black Cat. Not to be confused with the one with Karloff and Lugosi. There was one in the 40s. It was kind of like a comedy, Black Cat. Okay. With, with, and, uh, oh, you wouldn't believe the cast on this thing. Um, Basil Rathbone. This is like a B picture for sure. Yeah, Basil Rathbone, a very young pre-stardom Alan Ladd, Broderick Crawford, Gail Sondergaard, Bella Lugosi, uh, Hugh Herbert. It was like an all, you know, all these guys that went on to other things. This was like a another one of these 69-minute lower half of a double bill B movies and uh, not much to it, but you've got this incredible cast and at one, you would love this at one point, Basil Rathbone is kind of like, is he the heavy? Is he not the heavy? It's kind of one of these, like who's, who's killing everybody movies with a lot of red herrings. And at some point he's trying to figure it out. And Broderick Crawford says, who does this guy think he is? Sherlock Holmes. Hey. <laughs> And everyone's all, oh, yeah, I see what you did there. Oh, I found it. It's on Prime right now. It's on Prime Video if you want to watch it. You should check that out the because Black that Cat. one is actually, the that's Black actually Cat. pretty entertaining. 1934. 30, 34% on Rotten Tomatoes, John. I'm going to pass 1941. on 1941. Make gonna, sure you, the gonna, one I'm talking about is 1941. I'm going to yeah. pass on that one. 34%. 34%. I, 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 can't be, I can't waste time with bad movies. I, you know what? They just ran it on Sven Gulli. Hadn't seen it in years. And the thing that blew my mind, and you start reading about this, it kind of blows everybody's mind. It is beautifully shot. Hang on to your hat. The cinematographer for this little goofy 
mystery slash comedy. The cinematographer Greg Tolan. is John... no, it's Stanley. Cor- it's Stanley Cortez, and he went on to do the Magnificent Ambersons. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, he it, it kind of yeah, he kind of looks it looks beautiful, like Greg Tolan. You know, Greg Tolan did Citizen Kane. Magnificent Ambersons, they couldn't get Tolan, so they got Stanley Cortez. And you go, wow, did Wells, what did Wells see that, you know, Magnificent Amberson is only like his second or third movie. His first movie is this dopey black cat movie. And it's shot beautifully. There's all these shots of, you know, haunted houses in the mist, fog rolling in, crazy trees and cats prowling. Most people would just sort of like go, eh, whatever. You know, it doesn't have to look great. He made it look beautiful. And so I think at some point, <laughs> Wells must have seen this and went, this is the guy. This is the guy for me, you know? Uh, I'm going to have to check that movie out, but it is 34% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I'm going to need you to... Well, listen to... Uh, you know you know me. I love the Universals. It is entertaining. It, it's dopey, but it is very entertaining. And it it's got great sets. There's like a crematorium. This, this old lady that gets bumped off, she's like a cat lover and the house is old lady with a house full of cats she's got her own personal cat crematorium in the back that's crazy and so and you know with a great big marble cat statue and this great big oven and so and then she's got all these little urns she's got about 30 urns uh on shelves all full of her her cats so she personally cremates them puts them in urns displays them it's just this crazy plot you know John, um, I don't know if I like this show. I don't know if I. I'm gonna be. I'm. A, I'm a little worried. Well, I'm a cat. I'm a cat lover. If I can take it, you can take it. <laughs> I think you will be very entertained. It is so goofy to see a young Roderick Crawford. And the thing that's amazing is Basil Rathbone. He doesn't play it like he's slumming. He could just kind of mug his way through it, we've, or wink, or just we've talked sleepwalk this, through it. We've talked about this before with guys like Boris Karloff and uh, G- Vincent yeah. Price turning up in the AIP pictures in the 60s. You know, that's what sells it, because they're they're playing it so seriously. They're playing and I would say that Rathbone is incapable. It's He's just one of a handful of people. You know, it's one of those old Dark House Who Killed Who movies. He's incapable of just sleepwalking through a role. He plays this thing like it's a tale of two cities. You know, <laughs> you just go, God, it's this dopey little B movie. But he's just not going to slum it. He's just going to do it. He's an actor. You know. I'm gonna. So we're, we're going to talk about it. I'm going to check it out this week. It's on Prime. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I can't wait to. Th- you know, it's only about an hour, and I think you would get a big kick out of it. I'm telling you, Mario. Uh, John, don't remember, listen to uh, Rotten Tomatoes. John, listen remember, to I am ambivalent about the Universal monster movies. I will. Are you? I, can I go, thought you were. A, I thought you were a fellow traveler. I like the big movies, but once <laughs> you get into the crossover stuff, I'm out. Once I get Dracul, I thought fighting, you were a true believer. I uh, know. Once you start getting into Dracul fighting the Wolfman, fighting uh, Glenn Strange mm. as the monster. I check out. There's I o- gotcha. There's only so much ground fog I can take, John, and then I gotta. That's where we part company. You won't sit through something like, you know, the son of Dracula. <laughs> you know, you won't sit through that. I won't. Sit, I, I, I won't. But sit you'll. Th- but you'll sit through. You'll sit through a movie with Baby Godzilla or. Yes. Yeah. That's my... Godzilla is to Mario as Universal is to John. No, yeah. I, I Mario love... will watch every single Godzilla. <laughs> I love. I love all the biggies: the Frankenstein, the Bride. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the uh, I love and the, uh, his bride. Uh, I don't even know if I love the mummy that much. You like the first one with Carla? That's okay. 
I'd say, you, you know, what I always say is you can't go wrong up to 39. They're all A pictures. Right up to Son of Frankenstein. These are A pictures with an A budget, good acting, good directing. Anything after, like, 40, you're treading into... You don't know what you're walking into. It could gotta, be good, could be bad. You know, I gotta re, I gotta redo them. I have to sit down and rewatch them all because I only watch the biggies: Invisible Man, yeah, Wolf Man, yeah, those uh, are all. Uh, yeah, uh, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. Of course, you're never gonna. How are you ever? That and the Invisible Man, right there. That's the one-two punch. Yeah, for me. that's the yeah. One. Those, those are the Citizen Kane of horror films, basically. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can I can take or leave the other. Once Karloff leaves, I'm I'm not interested. Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, I get that. Is that fair? I get that. Sure, I absolutely understand that. Believe me, there are times I'm sitting through one of those, like sitting through Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. You go, you know, this is just really for fans only because no, you it's know not well written. I guess it's I not well directed. I guess I shouldn't have used the word ambivalent. That's the wrong word. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as hot on the whole. The Universal Pictures, I feel like they hit a they hit a they hit a wall at a certain point, and then after that, I'm just like, you Bleh. know, because what happens? I'll tell you exactly what happens. The studio changes hands, and once James Whale leaves, these things do not look like films anymore. If you're talking films versus movies, right. James Whale leaves. That's the end of these things looking like like art, you know. And so I like something like House of Frankenstein is dopey. You've got everybody in there: the monster, the you know Dracula, you know Wolfman, Mad Scientist, Hunchback. You know, right. you've seen the poster for that, and you go, "This is dopey, but it's a hell of a lot of fun." But it ain't art. <laughs> it ain't. Right. It's a know, movie. It's, exactly, it's, it's a, not cinema. It's you know, a movie, yeah. not a film, as Jake would say. Exactly, mm -hmm, and, and there, mm -hmm. I guess there is a difference. So Jake, I, I get you. I really understand what you're saying, Mario. The biggies don't miss them. After that, you might want to weigh: Do I have an hour to spare <laughs> to watch this? You know, Jake, where do you fall on the uh, Universal movies? Where, where was your favorite? Uh, let's talk about it. I think I'm in the same boat as you. I like the I like the more iconic films, but yeah, once you start getting into you know, yeah, Dracula versus the Wolfman versus Frankenstein. Like, okay, now you kind you kind of lost me now, but but it's funny because the Godzilla movies, which we're going to talk about today, Godzilla follows the same pattern where you have all these you have yeah. Mothra in his own movie, you have Rodan in another movie, and then it's like we're going to put them all together and they're going to fight this monster, and there's always a team up. But Universal was the first one to do that. Universal was the first one to do an Avengers the style. Yeah, but these are but these are just like your run of the mill monsters. You know, we're talking like Godzilla. We're talking kaiju. We're talking right. towering, right. towering monsters, leveling cities. That's that. That for me is a little what, bit more fun. In a way, I get what Mario is saying, though. In yeah. a way, I feel like though, I feel like what, what do you think you could survive? What which do you think you could survive? Do you think you could find the survive the up close and personal horror of running into like a Dracula? Or a Wolfman, or a, a Frankenstein's monster, or could you survive a kaiju attack if you were like, let's say, far enough away? Let's say you're one of the bystanders and you have time to get out. What do you think is easier? Well, if you're far enough away from Dracula, too, you'll be fine. You That's know? true. Or if you're in the same room, like Bill Cosby used to say, if you're in the same room with the mummy, believe me, you can get out. He's got one arm, one leg, one eye. Right. <laughs> if, if you're if you're lame enough to get caught by the mummy, then you deserve to be. Right, right. <laughs> or, caught, yeah. He's going to shuffle after you. Yeah, and Godzilla is a natural disaster. If you put yourself in, a, in an advantageous spot, then you're fine. Right, 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 right. But, although, but if you're right under his foot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, although, if you just decide. The thing about Godzilla is he is like a tornado or or an earthquake. It's it's, it's all, you know, the whim of, of nature. Like, if he decides to go left instead of right, you could be absolutely screwed. 
Yeah. And it just, you never know what's going to, what's going to. He gonna... tilts his head just a little too far to the right and boom, there goes your front patio. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, dude. Right, right, right. It is, uh, uh, it is terrifying. Um, and I think that's what Godzilla minus one really brought back was the idea that he's just mm-hmm. this random force of nature that can turn up anywhere and just level everything and then just return to the ocean from whence he came. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I don't know. I I think that uh, that that was lost, and I, just as the I think the Hammer films were important in um, in kind of re rebooting the horror of some of those classic properties. I feel like Hammer does a good mm. job of that. Where, oh yeah, where those Universal movies got silly, and the Hammer movies got silly eventually too. But those first few, the retelling of Frankenstein and Dracula. And the mummy; those are all really, really well done. Really, really well done. Well, they're scary. I mean, it's like we always say that they, they, they were in color, and there's a lot of bloodletting. It's the fifth. It's the late fifties, so they're pushing the envelope. You can see the blood. It's in color. There's a lot of it. You can see the fangs. There's never. There was never a Universal movie where you saw the fangs on Dracula. Oh, that's that true. was all. Hammer was the first one to say, "Let's." You know, they write about him having fangs. Let's show the fangs. And uh, and then you add some cleavage, and you're like, okay, this is a whole different kind of movie experience, right? <laughs> right. Ingrid Pitt running around. Um, Ingrid Pitt, you're just summed up the the allure of Hammer in two words, Ingrid Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, those are those are. We have, we only did one. I think we did the Horror of Dracula, right? I think we only did the one. Yeah, we did the one Hammer. Yeah, those, those are all worth checking out. Those are all worth checking out. That early that early uh, series. Yeah. 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 Uh, those and, it's, are... it's, and it's the same guy doing all of them, you know? It's funny that Terrence, uh, what's his name? Terrence Fisher? Right. Who did a couple of bonds. Um, yeah. And so, it, you know, uh, he did the, uh, he did that that Hammer Frankenstein, the Hammer Dracula. He did the Mummy with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. And he also did Curse of the Werewolf with uh, with Oliver Reed. So you got one guy rebooting the entire Universal Library. One director right. was able to reboot all of those and give it another 10 years. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he did Dracula, uh, Curse of Frankenstein, uh, Dracula, Prince of Darkest, Darkness, Revenge of Frankenstein. Um, yeah. And then he did. And you know what? It's funny. He said he, it wasn't like he was jonesing to do that stuff. It's just like it was an assignment. He said, suddenly I became known as the horror guy. He says, I was just a director. And the first one they gave me was Dracula. And I did a pretty good job. I did. And I did the Frankenstein. And next thing you know, everything I'm doing for <laughs> is uh, is monster movies as well. He says that, you know, it's I'm a working director. I'll do what they want me to. Oh, I, thought he, he didn't start, I thought he did James Bond. He didn't do James Bond. I thought he did. That's another Terrence. That's maybe Terrence Young, maybe. Or? Oh, that's right. Right. You're right. You're right. John. Yeah. Thank you so if much. If you look, so it's kind of inter- a lot of these guys turn up. It's funny. There's a lot of Terrences. <laughs> right. And there's uh, and so yeah, I get them mixed up too. But a lot of these guys, they do end up. They start off doing like second unit on the Bond movies, or like Guy Hamilton. You'll see his name turn up right. in, as a second unit director. Suddenly, after Goldfinger, he's an A list director. You know. So I think a lot of these guys worked. For, if it was a British film, you'll see a lot of these names turning up. Sure. 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 All right. What did you, let's talk about 2023. Jake, give us your favorite. Did you go to the movies a lot this year? Uh, no, not really. It has been a very movie light year apart from, you went with apart us. from this, of course, but I, I feel like this, you went with us. I feel like this year was, uh, 
was the first year that I felt like the first year we were kind of back after COVID. It still didn't feel like a full year worth of movie programming. Mm-hmm. Like like the summer wasn't particularly stuffed or overstuffed like it used to be. And who knows if, it, if it'll ever get back. It won't get back next this year because of the strike. A lot of yeah. stuff got pushed back. Yeah. But I felt like this year was the first year at, uh, post-pandemic where we were really had like a, a more full slate of movies. Even, if, even though it wasn't full completely, it was a more full slate. You know, stuff coming out in the summer, stuff coming out in the fall. Um, so I was actually in the theaters more this year than any time since uh, since the since the pandemic. So I think I went to see four or five movies in the theaters this year. Uh, um, looking back, I saw one in theaters, and that was the Dungeons and Dragons movie. You saw two because you saw the. I know. Uh, you saw. Uh, you were with us to see "Stop Making Sense" with your buddies. You yeah, with your pals. Yeah, but yeah, but that was yeah, but oh yeah, that was a yeah, that was interesting. You, you count, you can count that. That was in yeah. a theater. So too. <laughs> so I saw two. You were in a theater with, with your buddies. What did you? Uh, what were your favorites this year, Jake? What what movies uh, blew you away? Um, Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, if we're talking about movies that came out this year, the one I did see, Dungeons, uh, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, I thought was really great. It kind of I haven't seen it, but I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, it bal- it balances being a little bit more lighthearted, but still having like a really interesting story and moments of like serious tone. Um, yeah, thought it was fantastic. Um, yeah, movie wise. Otherwise, I can't think of anything else. I've been watched. I've been starting to watch more stuff on like Netflix and watching more anime stuff on Crunchyroll. Um, if you haven't seen Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix, that is incredible. It's so it's so good. Blue Eye Samurai. Blue Eye Samurai. It's directed by Jane Wu, uh, created by Amber Noizumi and Michael Green. It's like um, it's uh, it's a revenge story. It is. I don't want to. I don't want to say any spoilers because there's there's quite a lot that goes on. But it's essentially a revenge story of a of a samurai who is um, hell bent on getting yeah revenge on the on the what was it? It's like I think it's during the Edo period. I can't okay. remember specific period there, but it was like around when. Um, Europeans were coming into Japan. Okay. Um, and they created uh I forget what they're called. They're essentially um like half breed, like half like half Japanese, half white, and they're they basically called them demons. Hmm. And they Japan cut ties from everybody, they try to block any influence from the outside, but right. then they still have the remnants of those children who were born from born from uh, half white, half Japanese. And that's the main character is uh, trying to get revenge on the person that brought them into that, into the world. So pretty, it's really good. We'll check it out. The white devils. Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Onrios. That's what they're called. Yeah. Every Onrios are white devil. What's yeah. crazy is every culture has a name for uh, white people. That is, that, is, that is crazy to me. That, that is crazy right. to me. Yeah, in uh, in uh, Hong Kong cinema, it's Guai Lo, Guai Lo, mm-hmm. and it basically it literally means uh, white devil. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, highly recommend it. Okay. Did you? Let's see. Uh, what did we watch? What did I? Well, let's see. Did you have any? Uh, did you discover any new music this year? It doesn't even have to be from the year. Uh, um. I've been on a tear trying to find new music and stuff. Um, and there's some indie, like indie rock groups that I've found. Um, Good Kids, really great. Kind of has like a Brendan Urie vibe, but a little bit more indie, a little bit more of an indie sound. Good Kid? Good Kid, also Early Eyes. Um, a kind of similar, a little bit more, a little bit more of a funk vibe to it. Are they really a, great? They're a, sequ- they're a prequel band to Bright Eyes, Early Eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Um, been listening to them a lot. Oh, what I love them. What oh, else do we have? That's like that's some of the newer stuff that I've yeah. discovered this what, year. What was your favorite video game this year, Jake? Um, that is an excellent question. Um, I mean, this one, this is I think this one game of the year, um, Baldur's Gate Three. I've heard I nothing, thought it was fantastic. I've heard nothing but good things. It's just incredibly well written. Um, you all of your decisions matter, and you actually get to see the ramifications of all your decisions at some at one point or another. Um, just a lot of fun, especially if you like if you like kind of nitty gritty strategy. Um, uh, yeah, they have they even have different um, different types of playthroughs too. One called the Dark Urge, where you're essentially a where you're essentially an evil character and it like completely changes the, like the arc of the, the arc of the story and adds like a whole other storyline to it. So there's a lot of replayability too. And you're playing it on PC. I'm playing on PC, but I think they have it on X. I think they have it on Xbox and PS five now. I believe it's on console. Oh, your cat is looking yeah. out the window, by the way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If you see that. Yeah. She's adorable. Look at her. Look at her. She's just like she's she's there must be birds or something outside because she is like <laughs> locked in. She is locked in. Look at her. That's hilarious. So hello. Hi, how are you? She looks like she's working at like a takeout window. Hi, can I, help? Hi, can I help you? Would you like fries with that? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a fresh load of biscuits. Would you like some? <laughs> uh yeah, those kids, when those cats get those biscuit orders, boy, they go to work right away. They, Man, no, they're hard workers. They, yeah, no, they, they do not wait. They got to make them. <laughs> they got to make them now. I got to make some biscuits. Um, John, yeah, what about? Been... Oh, sorry, John. What about you? What was your favorite uh, uh, movie this? What did you see this year that you really enjoyed? I, I think, like you, I finally started going back and catching things. Not a lot. There's a lot of things I missed, but I liked Asteroid City a lot. I know that left people cold, uh, but I saw it twice, and I second time around, I really warmed up to it. I thought there was some really great stuff in it. Uh, when did it funny. come out? What? It was, uh, I think, July, I think. Yeah, It's out on, uh, uh, I think it's on, I want to say Prime. I want to say it's on Prime right now. Yeah, I know a lot of people that are just now catching it. It must be on some, some platform, because yeah. I'm running into people that are just now seeing it. That was a miss but for I me. I got a big kick out of it. That, that was a yeah. bit, I might have been in the wrong mindset. I usually love Wes Anderson, but his last two movies have been big, big misses for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but that doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. It just means you like the movie I didn't like. We're not. I love the time period. You know, it's that sort of like late fifties, early sixties, and uh, you know the cast as always was great. Music was cool. It's uh, you know as usual. It's it's a little 
ant- antiseptic, but the second time around, I you could see the warmer aspects of it. You know, the thing about it's just you. It's the thing about he's like Kubrick. You have to kind of like uh, dig. Well, Wes, <laughs> with Wes Anderson, though, he, I'll I'll say where he where he diverges from from Wes from uh, Stanley Kubrick is that there is always a warmth to the characters, but it's not yeah. always readily apparent. Right. Uh, so because the yeah. style is keeping you, the style keeps you at arm's length. Right. But. There's usually a lot of emotions bubbling under the surface. It's right. just that everybody's so deadpan that you have to like kind of look for it. <laughs> right, right. But I liked I liked this one, and um, it was, didn't see much else. I saw. Um, I liked Oppenheimer. I liked Oppenheimer a lot. That's another one I saw twice because I, I had a friend that wanted to see it. Uh, he would only wanted to see it in IMAX. So I saw it in IMAX, and then I saw it in a regular theater. Pretty much played the same. I gotta say, it really wasn't much different. Uh, is there? But is I liked it. Is there one particular movie? Is there one movie in particular that you're you're missing that maybe you were surprised at how good it was? Because oh, Godzilla, it Godzilla was so minus amazing. one, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Hey, well, I told you that in my book that was a ten. That's probably I can't imagine a better Godzilla movie. It just really it, got, it was firing on all the cylinders. I, you know, I got to tell you, man, that might be my top pick for this year. Be, just because, not because I'm a Godzilla fan. Because, but because of how good the movie was, uh, because you have certain expectations for a Godzilla movie. They're going to be campy and kind of schlocky and kind of fun. And uh, you're going to just go see, you know, a bunch of models get blown up and, you know, and, 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 you know, tiny buildings get stomped on. Uh, This exceeded my expectations for any Godzilla movie. Um, and was yeah. so close in tone to the original. And I came out of that just feeling devastated. I didn't feel like I felt just, you know, uh, like it I, wasn't like yippee ki yeah. No, yeah, there was a, there, you, there are some emotions at play there. There are some very serious emotions that, that come to come to bear when you watch that movie. And, uh, it deals with things like PTSD and, and, um, and survivor's guilt and uh, just uh, an entire culture that has been through uh, this, you know, something horrific. And so in dealing with the ramifications of that. Um, so, you know, and then can you think of another, can you think of another Godzilla movie where you care that much for the people on the ground? Yeah, no, maybe, the, maybe the first <laughs> I can't one, think of another one, maybe the first one, yeah. you know, maybe the first right. one. That's right. You got to go back to the first one. That's right. But that's uh, right. So, uh, so you, you you probably rate that. How do you rate that? Uh, I mean, this this latest one. That's probably Godzilla my, minus one. That's probably the the best Godzilla. I would rate it as the top Godzilla movie ever. And I'm going to go ahead and put it up as my top pick of 2023. Even though there's well, there was hey. a lot of good stuff. I loved Oppenheimer. I I thought Barbie was great. Um, there was a mm. lot of good movies out this year. And uh, uh, heck, I even liked uh, most of the new Mission Impossible. Not all of it, but most of it. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's be real. I liked Haley Atwell in it, but um, yeah, yeah. But uh, <clears throat> no, I thought for the I thought for sure after I saw Oppenheimer, I was like, oh, this is going to be my pick for the year easily. Yeah, you know, well yeah. done. Uh, you know, yeah. this historical epic and well mounted, and um, yeah, and all the details were there. And then I watched uh, Godzilla minus one. You know, made on less than fifteen million American dollars. And uh, <clears throat> is that right? Yeah, that's that, that right? was his budget. Wow. That's insane. Less than that. They they were saying fifteen million, and the director was like, "No, no, no. We had much less to work with than that." Well, 
Wait, so it's all profit because <laughs> it's a hit, right? Well, yeah, it's the, it's the largest. Uh, it's their it's their biggest Godzilla movie ever. Man, it's Glo- great globally, but it it told a story that you didn't necessarily need to. You di- it was universal. The story was because it focused on the characters. Uh, I yeah. I wonder if that was a hard sell when they were coming up with that script. At Toho, I wonder if that was a hard sell, or if they said, "Go ahead, give it a try." No, I wonder if anyone said. You know, because starting with the movie we're going to review in a minute, uh, Godzilla two thousand, the Millennium series is what they call it. Has kind of all been um, their own take on the characters. Some of them have been uh, continuations, but Godzilla is always kind of like it's always kind of a loose connection to the first one in this era. Uh, yeah. Like you know, like Shin Godzilla was basically a reboot. That was my favorite up until uh, minus one. But yeah. yeah, minus one is just uh, uh, insanely good. And so, and yeah. I think it ended its theatrical run yesterday in the states, which bummed me out. But it is it's being... still it's still being air it's still being played in theaters at least for the next few weeks. I try to look Jake's got to catch it. Is yeah, it? I wanted to go see it, so I looked up at least until. Uh, oh God! At least until next Wednesday, there's still some. There's still some theaters who are. Oh playing really? Mm-hmm. Go, Jake. Go. Yeah. Go see it, buddy. <laughs> I mean, they're not playing it like every. They're not playing it every hour, but. Oh yeah, they, they are. They, like they're still. Sure. I heard it ended already, but it, yeah, I guess it is this week. That is great. Mm-hmm. Well, who? Well, who knew? Go, Jake. Go. See you at the movies. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I might go see it again. See if I can drag some along with me. Maybe you'll see uh, Mario and me behind you throwing, throwing stuff. See it again. Depending on how my tum tum feels, uh, I might go see it. Again. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably my favorite. I mean, uh, what uh, we we would we have? We had Barbie. We had Oppen- Oh, Across the Spider Verse was great. Uh, that was a great one. That uh, that just that. came on the Netflix not too long. You got to watch so. it, man. That was great. I gotta see that. That's one I missed. That was that was that was up there for me. Um, it is gonna lose something not being seen on a big screen because they just really. Yeah. It is so jam packed with Easter eggs and details that you. It's one of those things where you have to go back and watch it a bunch of times, and watch it in slow mo and watch it. Uh, it's so good though. It's fun. Really fun. Um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Really, really fun. I almost forgot about Spider Verse, but yeah, that was that's probably uh, it's up there. It's in my top five. It's in my top five for the year. But um, there was a lot of good TV out this year. Uh, Poker Face, okay. Poker Face, and Shrinking were probably my two favorite things that were on TV uh, this year. Poker Face with uh, Natasha Leone, which is basically a Columbia uh, Colombo takeoff. That's on Peacock. On the cock. Are they going to bring? Are they going to bring that back uh, for a second season? They are. Yeah. 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 Great, great. And then uh, shrinking with uh, Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. Really pleasant surprise. Uh, really, really great um, to see Harrison Ford doing work on television and not just doing, uh, the, you know, I think they probably thought, well, we'll just get Harrison Ford and that'll be good enough. But he really does work. He works, you know, you mm-hmm. could tell he put effort into the part. And uh, it's, it's a very interesting uh, character to be... Uh, to tune into if it was very funny uh you know he really he really pushes the comedy and you you just like oh yeah he could he can do comedy he is funny so it mm-hmm. works it works he's kind of got that acerbic uh wit when he's not in in a in a movie and uh they they use it to uh 
to uh, great effect on this show. So check that out. It's on yeah. Apple TV. But they don't course, advertise for TV stuff. They don't advertise for TV. So that's me. <laughs> that's me. Ex movie star. We're gonna put that on his. That'll be on his tombstone. They don't advertise for corpses. Wow, that's me. We don't talk about uh, Harrison Ford as a corpse, sir. We uh, long live Harrison Ford. Uh, long, long live, long live Harrison. Ford. Mm-hmm. John, did you have any? Uh, what was your? What was your? Did you have any? Did you, did you discover any new music this year? Doesn't have to even be from this year. Was there anybody that stood out for you that you uh, discovered? Uh, oh God, you know I'm so out of the loop. With uh, new music now, it just nothing seems to get through. Sometimes you'll send me a link to something new, and I'll check it out. But I can't think of anything I caught this year that blew me away. Okay, that's fine. You know, it's harder as you get older to get into new music. That's the hardest thing to get into as you get older, I think. You have to really be out there looking for it, is what it is. You don't just run across it anymore. You have to really be looking actively for it. You know? right, right. And that's why I love Spotify. You go down deep rabbit holes of, oh, I like this band. And you go, oh, similar bands like this. And it just takes you down a little rabbit hole. And you, you find a little something you didn't know existed. We used to have to do I'll that. I'll tell you something. I'll, oh, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I was going to say. I was just going to say, I'll tell you, the one thing I did run across that I was really amazed I wasn't expecting it to be any good. Uh, was the new Rolling Stones album? Because oh, it was good. It, yeah, it was very good. And the thing is, you know, it, it's been like twenty years since their last album, and they take a long time between albums. And they're usually not—they're not that sharp. Usually, it's usually like they're mostly like a touring unit now. As far as you don't—you don't expect any good music out of them at this point. And Charlie Watts passed away right. a couple of years ago, so they're down to three members. But uh, they did put out a brand new album full of original stuff, and it was pretty damn good. Uh, like every track was pretty sharp, and I just thought, God, who would have thought? You know, uh, I listened to this thing. It, you know, they they started playing the the hit. It was that first hit that they started playing, and I thought, all right, I'll check out the album. And I thought, gee, this is really for a bunch of guys that are like they're like eighty. All of them are about eighty years old now, and you're not expecting anything. They don't nobody's even expecting a new album from these guys and it was all pretty sharp and i don't know who the uh, producer was i think he's a new guy probably like younger people would know who he is i can't think of what his name is but they got a whole new producer usually it's don was or one of those guys and they got this whole new guy and he, he said let's go back to of spontaneous sound. So it sounds like you're all in the same room together. You know, he said, the problem is it never sounds like you guys are in the same room, you know? Right. Right. And I'm telling you, it was pretty, I was really amazed at how good it was. (laughs) Uh, who who was the drummer? Do they who they get to do the drums? Well, they've got Steve Jordan, who's been drumming for Keith Richards for like the last 20, 30 years. Okay. And he was kind of like handpicked. He was handpicked by Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts said, Look, if I'm ever too sick to go on tour or to play on the record, you know, he'd had some health issues. He said, This is the guy. You know, he's and so they said they felt like they had Charlie's blessing. Charlie Watts is actually on about two or three tracks on this album because some of these tracks go back a few years. Oh wow. But but they, you know, they toured this year for crying out loud, and uh, they really? toured with this this drummer Steve Jordan, and he's been around quite a while. Uh, and he, you know, he's been touring. I saw him back in the '90s. He was the drummer for Keith Richards when he was doing his solo albums, okay, and his solo touring. So he really knows the Stones, um, the feel. He knows the Charlie Watts feel, right? 
And um, so anyway, so that's how they did it. Yeah, I'm thinking, gee, I, you just figured they're going to hang it up. They used to say when Charlie goes, we're just going to hang it up. But they didn't. They they toured. You know, they were slated to tour anyway. I think Charlie Watts on his deathbed said, get out there. You guys, you know, you've committed to this tour. Don't wait on me. You know, you got to get out there and do it. And you've right. got the right guy. So this guy, uh, Steve Jordan, he said, uh, I feel like I'm just sort of like I'm just filling in for Charlie. And when he's better, he'll come back. But he passed. He he died. So he said, Jesus, I didn't think I'd be doing it. You know? Right, right. <laughs> But he said, well, I feel like Charlie handpicked me. So I guess I feel like I am I feel okay about it. But he said, it's weird. He says, I felt like I was just like a placeholder until Charlie got better, you know? Right. I'm going to have to check it out. I'll have to do, do that. Yeah, it's called Hackney Diamonds. Um, and um, yeah, I'm kind of just amazed that it was good as it was. I have to check it out, man. All right. Well, that's our little 2023 wrap up. Go see Godzilla minus one. You have a week uh, or two. Thanks for the heads up, Jake. I thought it was supposed to end. I guess they keep extending it because it just keeps making money, which is nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're, we're at a current box office at eighty-five point six million on it. So yeah, it's, I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'd love to keep it in theaters. Is that U.S. Is that U.S. dollars? That's a lot for a Godzilla yeah, movie. That's a that's lot. US. That's a lot for a Godzilla movie. Yeah. Because if you think about it, they're already paid for. They just ship them over here, so it's it's like you said, John. It's all profit, right? So they don't. It's all know. gravy, yeah. Yeah. So for them, that's a lot of money. That's a, that's that's huge. It's huge. Go see it if you haven't seen it yet. Go. You have a chance. Go see it. Go see Godzilla minus one. Do it. Rated PG thirteen. Ninety eight percent on Fandango, eight point four on IMDb, and eighty percent on Metacritic. Hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, why don't you tell us about uh, Godzilla 2K and then we'll talk about it. Godzilla 2000 released December 11th, 1999. Um, had a budget of that is that is in yen. I don't know the conversion rate. I <laughs> uh, had a budget of 8.3 million US dollars. Okay. And I have there's the box office. John, how much do you think it made in U.S. U.S. dollars? Oh, what did it cost to make? Eight point three million. Okay, U- and so what did it make in America? Boy, I have no idea if this was a hit, so I'll just have to guess. This was in theaters, though, right, Mario? Yes, it was. It was released theatrically okay. here in the states. All right. Um, God, I have no idea. I'm just going to take a wild guess. I'm going to say, like. Um, that it made like uh, forty million. Okay, Mario. I'm gonna say five, five million. You think it made five? Mm-hmm. Five million. Mm-hmm. Um, it made twelve point nine million U.S. Mm. and then one point six five billion yen in Japan. Yeah, and I don't and I don't know what that means. So <laughs> it was it was. Uh, uh, that sounds like it. Sounds how like much it was did that crappy? Uh, how much did that crappy Matthew Broderick Godzilla make? Hundred million, I think. Um, Jesus Christ! Yeah, this was the uh, response to that. This was the total mm. response to that. Uh, and, and what a response! Um, that Godzilla had a budget of one hundred twenty-five million. Are we going to watch it? No, no. no. Okay. Come on! I made three hundred seventy-nine million. How much? You made how much? Three hundred seventy-nine. Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was a hit. When yeah. I said no, I just assumed that Mario wouldn't want us to see it. <laughs> no, it's terrible. 
You don't like Zilla? You're not a fan of Zilla? Well, that's not a Godzilla movie. I don't consider that a Godzilla movie. I don't know about Mario, but I it's don't a, consider that even a real Godzilla movie. It's a chunk of shit. But if you ever watch, um, <laughs> if you ever watch uh, uh, Godzilla <laughs> Final Wars, if, if you ever watch Godzilla Final Wars, uh, he fights every one of his old ad- adversaries, and uh, he does make short work. Zilla shows up. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where the aliens are using the monsters to fight Godzilla. And they beam mm. in, uh, they beam in uh, Zilla, which is what they call him. And Jesus. they uh, they beam him in, and Godzilla tail whips him into the Sydney Opera House, and then uh, hits him with the atomic fire. So that that's and that's it. it. Yeah, two seconds. It's all done. Wow. That was that was, that was Toho's response to the American <laughs> Godzilla. Mario, seriously, do you do you even consider that a real Godzilla movie? No, that, no. the Emmer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I not, I not, really not canon, it. right? Not, not canon, right? It's the never say never again of the Godzilla. There you go. Universe. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It is canon. Huh? Oh, he he lagged out. See what happens when you blaspheme against our Lord and Savior Godzilla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you lagged out. What happened, Jake? You were going to say it is canon? Why? Oh, he's gone. See, well, there you wow. go. There you go. Godzilla has dealt with another non-believer. What happened, Jake? You were going to say it is canon because why? Uh, it's canon because they bring him into yeah, they bring him into Final Wars, so it has to be canon, right? You mean that version? He they bring that version into Final Wars? Yeah, that's the one yeah. I was just telling you. That's the one. Yeah, I, Zilla. That's, that's, oh, that's, oh, I didn't quite catch that. So that he does turn up in that. Yeah. Okay, but he's as Zilla. So it is a canon Godzilla movie, whether he, he, Mario likes it or not. Yeah, he's he's dead in two seconds. No, that that. The, 98 Godzilla, they did a really good job with the scale, like showing what yeah. it would like if he turns up. Like there are some great scenes in that movie. But if you're waiting on a if you're waiting on Roland Emmerich to uh, to to save you from a from boredom, it's not going to happen. He's a terrible filmmaker. And and I include Independence Day in there. Yeah. F God that movie. You. F that movie. We might be the only two people on the planet that don't like that movie. <laughs> Okay, I'll die on that hill. I will die on that. I'll die on that hill. It's a terrible movie. It's rotten. What I hate is that he gets good people. That you get people like Jeff Goldblum, you know, and Judd Hurst and a piece of shit like that. And the same with Godzilla. You've got Harry Shearer. You've got Hank Azaria. You've got good people in a hunk of shit. You know, Jean. What's his name? Jean Reno. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, they pay. It's checkbook casting. You know. Right. Uh, but you know what? We're not talking about that. We're talking about Godzilla 2000. Give us, response. give us that plot, Jake. Did you already read the plot? I did not read the plot. Give us the plot. I mean, you've, you've, if you've seen a Godzilla movie, you know what Godzilla's about. <laughs> Come let's on. See, let's see if Len, did Len look, did Len write about it? Do you want, here, I'll read it. I'll read it off for the Google one. It has razor sharp teeth in a gargantuan mouth, claws that can cut through steel, a roar that echoes back through centuries, dorsal fins that resemble crimson lightning bolts, and a fiery breath that incinerates anything that comes into contact with. Soon, all the creature, all in the creature's wake, is utterly destroyed, and the terrifying Japan can only wonder where this monstrous beast will appear next. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, is back. Oh wow! I love it. Godzilla, That's King it. of Monsters. <laughs> Godzilla, That's King it. of Monsters. Is back. Uh, let's see. Here we go. It's 
Godzilla Leonard, Leonard. Godzilla 2000. In uh, Japan, it was called Godzilla Millennium is what it was called. Lively, well-made series entry centers on the discovery of a centuries-old alien craft designed to convert Earth's environment into one suitable for its creators. Godzilla is tricked into saving the planet again. Engaging film with fine effects and sharp <laughs> script weighed down only by a drawn-out monster clash climax. Re- reworked, redubbed, and rescored for U.S. release from the 107-minute original. Oh, they cut like eight minutes out. Uh, mm. So give me, what do you think Len uh, gave this, uh, John? Because uh, he goes as high as four. He does go as high as four. I'll say he gave it a three. Uh, Jake, what do you say? I'll say two, uh, two and a half. Uh, it's three. You give it three stars. Ooh. Three stars. Uh, that's my Al Madrigal tribute. Uh, three stars. Um, Mario, have have you ever seen this with the Japanese language? No, I've only seen the dubbed version. I, I don't, don't. Yeah, I tried finding it, and I thought, I'll bet you you can't. It's probably pretty hard to find. Yeah, once uh, the, the once, it, not, once American uh, distributors get a hold of it, if it's released in America and it's dubbed, it's hard to find the Japanese. You have to find it on okay. disc somewhere. There are outlets you can find. I mean, I'm sure Brent has a copy of it in, in Japanese. I'm almost sure he does. Uh, but I've only seen the uh, American version. But the, the dubbing is not bad on this one. I mean, I've seen some terrible dubs. This one is not bad. No, it's fine. It's not bad. Uh, my favorite, except is, for the guy that sounds the, sound, the guy that sounds like John Wayne. <laughs> There's a guy that sounds like John yeah. Wayne. Well, it's it's the it's the guy that looks like the square. He's got he looks like an anime character come to life. He's got the square jaw and the arching eyebrows and the mm-hmm. oh, that's the, like the, the big eyes. yeah. Not the not the. I guess he's kind of the villain. The yeah, guy he, he's is, the guy yeah. that commits suicide by Godzilla at the end. Yeah. He's just like, oh, hey, if you're gonna hey, if you're gonna choose a way to go, that's a pretty cool way to go. That's really, yeah. You let Godzilla do the work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this one. You know, this is not one that you know. Brent said that from the home video hustle was telling us that this is one of his favorites. I think it's the first one he saw. Um, first one I saw theatrically was uh, Godzilla 1985. Mm. Or the Return of Godzilla, or no, Godzilla nineteen eighty four, it's called, mm. or the Return of Godzilla in Japan, and that has a very similar story where he is fighting a ship, but it's it's human powered. They're trying to get rid of him. It's it's a human powered uh, little spaceship. There's no there's no monster in uh, Godzilla eighty four, mm. but um, this one I always forget that the ship uh, turns into the monster. I always forget that part. I always forget about yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> but that's kind of a cool uh, looking monster though. Yeah, it's really gets, yeah. it gets really cool. Uh, so let's talk about it. So yeah. you know, having uh, so you you I've not of your Jake talk, walk us through this. What did you think of this uh, Godzilla adventure? As I was watching it, it reminded me a lot of Twister. Oh yeah, because they've got the truck and they've got it all like uh, they got the what's the Godzilla um, the Godzilla response pr- pr- team, Godzilla the prediction the network prediction G- network yeah, yeah GPN. Yeah, so I felt like the storyline had had like very much of a twister sort of feel to it, where they're trying to predict Godzilla's movements and they're trying to, you know, get at they're trying to get more data and learn about you know the natural disaster that's Godzilla. Right. I love that they um, kind of have like a, a like a like a crowdsourcing thing going too. There's guys like all over the <laughs> all over Japan that are in this little club. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of just crowdsourcing it, you know. It's all like it's like ham radio operators, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, 
Yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting, uh, interesting take on a Godzilla movie. Just to, yeah, have it more be a natural disaster and a means of research and learning, as opposed to him just being a giant monster killing shit. But I like that. Um, I like the scene in the beginning where they where they drive through the tunnel and he's at the other end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. and then they have to like back out and he's stomping through the stomping over the mountain. There were some pretty impressive shots in it, especially yeah, in like the first, what, 10, 15 minutes mm-hmm. where they're driving away from Godzilla and you see him stomping over the city. It seems like the scales, like the scale seems pretty good. Right. The CGI is a little wonky, but it's also a movie that's 30 or 20, 25 mm-hmm. years old now. So, you know. No, there's some of those shots from like, you know, that looks, that looks pretty good. Right. It's like that where it was like the side view of Godzilla sort of walking through the bay. Right. Right. right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are some pretty impressive shots. I'm like, even now, I think that like that's pretty good. The, the, some of the in stuff- the first ten minutes, it's like, wow, they really started early with the attack. Mm-hmm. How many Godzilla movies do they start that that quickly with the attack? Yeah, usually it's you got to wait a little while to see the big guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I thought the story story was pretty solid. Is yeah, just learning research and then the government being like, we have to kill it. Right, typical, <laughs> typical. Yeah, typically we need to kill it, kill it with fire, and then they found the, they found that what the ancient spaceship down on the bottom of the ocean. Right. That was a cool monster to have it. Yeah, sort of turn in, have it sort of. So it it transforms because it got access to the regenerator one. Right, but I think it, I think the whole thing is it can't control it. So right. it, it just kind of has to go with whatever form it, the regenerator one gives it, like yeah, whatever, whatever it, because it takes. I, I I mean they grew it from Godzilla, right? Right. Which, Does somebody which, say, oh, he's trying to clone Godzilla or something? Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's trying to clone, yeah. which is why he had the beam. I liked that he had like a shoulder cannon though, like Predator. He that, like, yeah, that was super cool. Yeah, that was great a, monster. that was a great design on that monster. He's like a now knuck- what's, he's like a knuckle dragger. It's great. Now what's the what do they call that monster? Orga, I think. O R G A, maybe. I think O R G A. Check it out and see if that's uh, that's. What you guys yeah, think Orga. he's trying to swallow Godzilla like a like a snake swallows a pig right. or something? Oh god, that was awful. <laughs> that it looks so, it was so weird, so yeah. weird and kind of off putting. But it was also like cool because you're like. Like, well, why is Godzilla just going for it? And you're like, oh, he's gonna rope a dope him. He- you know what? That looks like uh that looks like a Pacific Rim kaiju more than kind any of, other right. monster. Yeah. Yeah. Um the, the the design of the other creatures in the in this era are pretty cool. Like in the in the post because you have I think there's one called Biolante in the in the early late eighties. Um that's a plant. It's part plant and it becomes like a giant. Some of these creatures are some of these creature designs get more i want to say almost like anime they want they get more like anime creatures more more fantastical yeah you saw a little bit of that in the original like with the smog monster in like the 70s was like a interesting yeah thing. john what did you think of this one where, where, were, where were you on this one I thought it was pretty sharp. Uh, it, the dubbing threw me off. I think I've gotten spoiled. I watch. I try to watch these things with the original language. Right, right. But uh, once I sort of just like got on board, it was fine. And yeah, I I was really amazed at how quickly Godzilla appeared. You're like smack right in the middle of it all from the first five minutes. And I thought it looked pretty good for for you know, um, 
it looked like there were some practical effects. I don't, I right. don't think the whole thing was digital. No. Yeah. And no. so it looked pretty good. Well, what I, I had to go back and look, you know, what I like is they do a mix. They do a mix of digital and practical. So like some of the stuff, like in the old days, right. You would have the guy in the rubber suit and they would be launching yeah. skyrockets at him from across the, from across the soundstage. Right. And it would just bounce off. Right. And but this one, they CGI in the missiles, right? The missiles are obviously CGI, but when they hit, you can tell you they're using they're using real squibs and explosions yeah. on, a, on a physical. So I like, oh, this looks really good. Like I thought the suit was good. You could tell there's some um, puppetry elements to it, like maybe mm, like yeah. they, they're using the the remote to move. His, and it's a new design. So I thought this this the design of this Godzilla is really cool because he looks really mean. He's got kind of more of like a like a like a like a he's almost like a crocodile or something. He's got like a longer he's got more teeth. He's got more I teeth. He's got more teeth than I've ever seen on Godzilla. He's got more teeth, <laughs> and he's got these huge spines. His spines were really yeah. big and kind of unruly, and I, it just made him look more. I thought it made him look more menacing. I thought it really was a good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. This is probably one of my favorite Godzilla designs. Uh, this is and this is this also one and then the newest one. This is also the one where you see him start to do the head snap. Before he lets go with the fire, he kind of <laughs> like does like a head turn, like kind of a build up, kind of a, to like whip it. He's like whipping it at you, you know. Um, I love that he gets. The, like, to... Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. About I was that. gonna say I love that he takes a full full shot from the freaking flying saucer. And just takes a full blast yeah. and then gets back up and is like, okay, let's uh, let's do this. Uh, you know, I love that. I love that he's just like. Yeah. This one, this Godzilla seemed very intelligent. He's thinking about things, you know. He's he's formulating strategies. You can tell. Uh, you can tell he's like taking a moment. They do like a thing where they look at his eyes, and he's taking a moment. You know? <laughs> he doesn't just seem like some mindless thing, right? I also love the scene where he first comes up, and you know, there every great Godzilla movie has a scene where the army has to try to stop him, and um, right. Like they haven't learned from the 20 other right, times right, before. <laughs> right. Uh, but this was great because he just kind of takes it. He doesn't even retaliate. He's just kind of like, all right, whatever. And uh, there is that great silly scene where all the jets meet in the middle and then fly up like the like the blue angels. They all like shoot at him in the middle and then they, they go up. They do like a. All of that looked great. They didn't look like models, you know? Yeah. And uh, I love that there's always a scientist that says, but we can learn from him. If we don't kill him, we can learn from him. Right, you know? right. <laughs> like, look at this. Think of what we could do. Think of the scientific applications. If we could just, you know, this regeneration thing, think of what it means to science. You know, it's so funny. Right. You, and um, I had to, like, pause it and go back. I thought, did this come out after Jurassic Park or before Jurassic Park? After. You know? After. Yeah. yeah. Because there's that scene yeah. where... They're like nose to nose with him. I think like in the tunnel or something. He's breathing on the on the windshield. I'm going. All right, I gotta know. Is this before Jurassic Park or after Jurassic it's Park? Definitely. They definitely. Like, this is. We'll call it an homage. They definitely do an homage yeah. to uh, to Jurassic Park. Because I'm there. thinking in the old pictures, nobody gets that close to him without dying. You know? Right. Like, right. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was a pretty good job. Uh, all, all the all around, it was a good story and it was well done, and it it didn't look like a, even though I'm sure some scenes was a guy in a suit, it didn't look like a guy in a suit, you know. Right. Um, the the thing that was kind of funny is some of the some of the dubbing was kind of funny, and you wonder if they departed from the script. I'm sure you caught this. I wonder how many people caught this. There's some funny lines with the uh, 
with the head guy, the army guy, that's kind of a villain. I'm sure you caught this, that one scene where they go, we'll set off the mines. And how about the civilians? Look, I didn't say we wouldn't get our hair must, but I'm saying, <laughs> you know, 300 million cops. I'm going, okay, that's definitely for the strange love fans. You know? Right. <laughs> did, right. Did you catch that? Yes. And there's also one where they, where he says, uh, he says, this will go through Godzilla like crap through a goose, which is like from Patton. Uh-huh. Which through is- a goose, yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, somebody had a sense of humor. Somebody dubbing this had a sense of humor. Right. And I thought, there's so many scenes where that guy sounds like John Wayne. I almost expected him to go, that'll be the day. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just let him go through. You know? <laughs> right. Uh, but you should, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you liked this one because it's fun. And it was kind of like a, a little bit of a reboot for Godzilla. They had done some... Yeah. Uh, in the 80s and 90s, they were basically doing a lot of re, re, like redoing like the, the classics like Godzilla versus Mothra, Godzilla versus Ghidorah, the sort of, and this is another kind of like, kind of like a mini reboot, I feel, where he just kind of, it appeared. almost feels like a take, it almost feels like a take on Monster Zero, even though they're not rounding up Rodan and, right. and Ghidorah. It kind of feels like it's yet another movie where Godzilla's saving the earth from a, from an alien. Right. You know, a malevolent alien. <laughs> right. It's like, um, you know, he always ends up being the good guy somehow. You know? <laughs> roped into it. Roped into it. He's roped into it. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of like, well, he's bad, but he's better than these aliens that want to just take over the whole you know, planet. You, you know, know what, though? At the end of the movie, you know, he kind of just stomps off and they don't really have an answer for him. So it is kind of like an interesting ending because he just like, it's not like he just goes peacefully back in the ocean. He's just like. Well, I'm gonna trash some more stuff, you know. So, yeah, I thought that I had that ending. I thought, gee, he's like, now where was I? Oh yeah, I was incinerating the whole city. <laughs> You're going, wow. You know, it's like this is like, did this? What was the sequel to this? Because it looks like it's going right into the next movie. You know? uh, I think it's Megagirus is the ne- where he fights another like giant monster. I think is the one out following this and from like 2002. I think. Godzilla. The way this one ends, it's almost like you want to pan back and have them go, oh, yeah, we got this other problem now. He's going to still, like, just burn down the whole right. city, you know? <laughs> I, I skipped over a lot of the Godzilla. They've actually come up, but uh, this one I just thought it would be a fun way to kick off the 2000s. Yeah. Since, we're, since, it's it's in the, since it's in the title. It's right in the title, Godzilla 2000. Godzilla I never would have thought about catching this. Yeah. 2000 for, for Megagirus. Oh, it was 2000? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it was much better than I expected. You know, you just it just goes to show you. I think a lot of times I just shrug it off and go, how good could it be? But this is like, wow. I think you've introduced me to the nuances. You know, at a certain point, I just kind of stopped catching these. And, and now I realize, no, there's some that are really sharp. Right. I, I think the next one I need to catch is that Shin Godzilla. You we know? definitely will be doing that on the podcast. That is one that we are oh, not good. going to. Yeah, that is a. Oh, great. That, great. Is, that is a legitimate movie. That is a legitimate. That is a Godzilla so, film. So we'll be doing that in about five years. Probably. Yeah, about five years. <laughs> about five, it's our five-year mission. I'll catch, I'll, I'll catch it before then, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's on Prime. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, Godzilla. But, uh, we're, we're, we're just now into the 2000s, so it's like right. we're just now edging into the 2000s. So, yeah, I, I won't wait. I'll catch it before then. If you happen to have a crunch, if anyone happens to have a Crunchyroll account, you can get it for free. It's on I've the- never wow. heard of Crunchyroll. What is that? Uh, Crunchyroll, is that? It's like uh, it's focused more on uh, anime, Japanese animation. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, they, have, they got some movies in there too. They got some other okay. stuff. Yeah. All right, I'll check into that. All right, what are we gonna rank this one, boys? Mm, let's give it. 
Jake? Let's give it a let's give it a seven and a half. You're gonna go seven point five. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. John, that's about right. Yeah, I'll give it a seven point five. If you yeah. get a chance, uh, yeah, I give this about. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna throw a seven point five in there too. I'm gonna throw a seven point five in there. Hey, so we did it. Um, we did it. I think that I think I would give it higher if it was if it was if it was the and it's not the movie's fault, but if I was watching a Japanese version, I'd probably get rid of it. Yes. Yeah, um, his yeah. acting definitely would have been. Would have but been I better. love the I love that. There's so many good ideas. I love the idea that these that the aliens are like stealing it data. They're like they're going to take over. They're going to poison the atmosphere. They're going to do all this stuff. Um, John, I also love that they do the thing. They do the the uh, the forbidden planet thing to save money. They're like, oh, he's got all these tentacles, but we can't see them. Let's put on the thermal. Let's put on the thermal <laughs> thermal vision. Oh, there they are, animated tentacles, which are cheaper than that physical. Is, I tentacles. never thought of that. Yeah. The I producers, like the producers, like, thank you. You just saved us, like, you know, a million. Yeah, you just, you just saved us a million dollars. But you do see Godzilla come up with some new powers. This is like, you know, he's got the thing now. His 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 dorsal fins can burn through stuff when they've got him with the wires. I love that scene where they get him with the cables. They've got him all the cables. Yeah. In there, and he's that like, was cool. And they're like throwing him around, dragging throwing him around. through the city. Yeah. And you're just like, poor Godzilla, what's he going to do? And it's like, oh, no, he's got it. <laughs> no, he's just he, he, same, same, yeah. same as he always does. He's a real rope dope him. He'll figure it out. Yeah, just breathes fire a little bit harder than last time. Right, <laughs> right. Never, you never have to say poor Godzilla because chances are he's going to say, fuck you guys. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, right. <laughs> what do you think? John, you there, think is really one, going down? <laughs> there is one coming up. Uh, we probably won't cover it, but it is one. If you ever want to catch an interesting one, Godzilla versus Destroya. Desto Desto Roya, but it's Destroyer, um, and it's basically Godzilla is uh, he's having a meltdown, a literal meltdown inside, and his core yeah. is, his core is burning up, so he's like in agony, running around rampaging because he's literally wow. burning from the inside, and meanwhile there's this giant monster that's trying to you know fight him, and he's like, look, I'm, I don't have time for this bullshit, I'm trying to you know. <laughs> I'm I'm burning up in here, but it's good. It's a good one. He says, I have acid reflux. Really bad. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's called Godzilla versus Destroya. Yeah. Destroya. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great monster too. Great yeah. monster design. It's a really good Love design. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This right. is the is is that is, Japanese one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. These these are this is yeah. the era of really interesting uh villain designs for Godzilla where they do uh they're not always the best but they, at least they're doing like different and they're all very anime inspired they're all very like crazy uh, they're all crazy looking crazy over the top like, right yeah. right they, they 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 tend to move away it's a guy in a suit but it doesn't look like you know they you know the the technology has come far enough that they don't have to make it look like a guy in a suit you know I was going to say, I mean, I guess this one we just saw, thats it's a combination, right? You're talking digital, right. animatronic, and guy in a suit, right? Right. It's a guy in a suit, mm -hmm. and, and then, but the, he's got like uh, animatronic stuff, appendages and stuff on him to move the eyes and the mouth and all that stuff. And then yeah. they mix it in with like, you know, digital stuff, you know, of, of the cities and all that stuff, so... <laughs> And, you know, it's great. I mean, he's moving good. And they, I, you know, somebody's saying we're not going to do any of this, like, sort of like jump up and high five stuff. Right. You got to move like a, like, right. got to move like a dinosaur. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that they don't speed him up ever. He's always slow and lumbering and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That helps. He's a giant that towering monster. I would, I would hope that he would move a little bit. Right. Slower. Right. Well, because when it's the guy in the suit, sometimes he's moving too fast for something that size. Yeah. I, I'm talking about the stuff from the mid-60s, you know. 
I think at some point they just go, he can't be moving this, you know, as fast as a guy. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's great. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'm so glad. maybe next time I'll check out destroy you. What a great, what a grandma's uh, Brent's grandma. So great. Introduces him to Godzilla mystery science theater. What a, what a fantastic grandmother Brent had. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. God, how cool is that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just, I just rem- was remembering that, uh, when we moved, uh, you know, I've been staying with my mom, uh, and uh, I just remembered when we moved into that house, uh, it must have been a Saturday or Sunday night. My brothers took me over there to paint. We, my parents had just bought the house. And my brothers were painting the inside for my dad. They were painting the, the interior of the house. And I remember sitting in what is now the, you know, the, like the, living, the, the living room. Um, and we, we had an old black and white TV in our bedroom. Me and my brother shared a bedroom in our old house. We had this old black and white uh, TV where the knobs were off. You remember those, John? You had to like uh-huh. change it with a pair of pliers. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it was the one my dad, you know, it was a quote unquote portable TV, probably weighed about 20 pounds. It had a strap uh-huh. on the top, had a handle on the top you could carry it around. And my dad would move that thing from the garage. He would, I remember he would watch UCLA basketball games and football games on it in the garage. And then he would bring it in the house, you know, and we would, it would, it would be in our bedroom. And I, I remember, yeah. I remember vividly watching on all black and white TV, on this black and white TV, a KTLA presentation of Godzilla versus King Kong while my brothers mm-hmm. were painting the, the living room. Um, I, told, wow. I remember that very vividly, sitting on the floor in the living room and watching, mm-hmm. that, uh, watching that movie. And my brother just going, oh, is King Kong out? Let's see. Oh, yeah, here he comes. You know, they had already seen it, you know, probably a dozen times when it was on TV. They, heck, they might have seen it, you know, when they were kids in one of the re-releases, but... Uh, yeah, I always remember that vividly. So Godzilla and I go way back. Just so you guys. Was know. that your first experience watching a Godzilla? Movie? No, I'm sure I see. I I had seen him on on, you know, I that I remember seeing Godzilla movies. I don't remember which particular ones, but I have you know images of my mind in my mind. But that particular memory sticks out because it was just a you know. I remember that you know it was, my brothers were painting and I was watching this. There was like a light on the floor and I was watching uh, this Godzilla movie, so. That's cool. Shout out to Big G, baby. Shout out to Big G. All right. We're going to wrap it up so Jake can get on out of here. What a great show, you guys. Yeah, great as always. You guys did a good job today. Mm-hmm. Go see Godzilla Minus One. Have a happy new year. Um, oh, I have a quick question. Anything you guys are looking forward to in 2024? Oh. That you just. Well, um, let me see. Well, all the stuff got moved. Well, they did a list. I'll tell you, uh, the Times showed a list of everything coming out in the next 12 months. None of it really excited me. Uh, Deadpool is going to be like October or something. Right. I think they said the only Marvel movie coming out, if anyone cares anymore, the only Marvel movie coming out this year is going to be Deadpool 3. With Wolverine, and they said that's going to be like October or something, way down the line. Uh, I want to see Dune too, just to see how they finished it off. Yeah, um, but yeah, that and Deadpool are the only two things that I was looking forward to. Spider Verse, and that's out. That's that's out till twenty twenty five. So you're not you're not interested in Winnie the Pooh, uh, Blood and Honey too. No, not feeling that. No. <laughs> I'll tell you one. You know the guy that did the the witch. Oh yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. The lighthouse, and what was the latest thing? The Northman. I forgot his name. Um, um, uh, 
Scandinavian guy. Apparently, uh, Red Sonia is coming. Sonia is coming out. Yeah, Sonia, Red Sonia. Yeah. But but this guy that did the witch is uh, doing a uh, remake of Nosferatu. Now, what? anybody Ooh. else? Anybody else doing Nosferatu? I'd say, what's the point? This guy does some really creepy movies. I mean, genuinely creepy movies. The Witch was made your skin crawl. And I thought, this guy could do it. If he's doing a remake of Nosferatu, this guy could make you, this guy could do it, you know. Um, so that's coming out this year. Well, I, I, uh, I don't know if I could watch that because Nosferatu, the original, still bothers me. Yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, the one that they did in the 70s with Werner Herzog directing and Klaus Kinski, that was disturbing. That was like sort of desaturated color, right? you know, a little little more graphic than the original. You're right. The first one from like 1919 is still uh, real creepy, real creepy. But that one from the 70s was very disturbing. They kind of played a little more into the whole thing where he's bringing the plague to Europe, you know? Right, right, and, right. Um, and, you know, the makeup on Klaus Kinski was just uh, crazy. So I thought, okay. But when I heard it was this guy that did The Witch and The Lighthouse, I thought, hmm, this could be interesting. This could be real interesting. So, Right, um, right. Not, uh, sure who's, not sure who's playing Nosferatu. It might be, I think Nicholas Holt is in it. I don't know if he's actually playing Nosferatu or if he's playing somebody else. But um, Yeah, that guy's, that, that guy's more of a psychological horror guy. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to see what he's going to do with... With uh, uh, Robert Eggers is the guy's name. Robert Eggers. That's it. That's oh, it. Yeah. And you're right. A lot of it is like uh, getting inside your head. It's psychological creeps. But he also has a real knack for uh, photographing things and making it look real dreadful. And he's not, I don't know if this will be in black and white or not. I got to look this up because the lighthouse was done in black and white. So uh, I'll have to see. It'd be an interesting choice if he decides to make this in black and white. In a way, you almost picture him saying, no, it's been done in black and white. I'm going to try something else, yeah. you know. Um, did you did, did anyone see the voyage of the, the, the Demeter or the Demeter? Did anyone see that? I didn't, but I heard some people said it was pretty sharp. I also ran into a couple people who said it was awful. Mm-hmm. But I ran into a couple people that said it was actually pretty sharp. And... Um, you know, it's just that they keep going back to Dracula. So I, a couple friends just said, God, again with Dracula. And I said, well, this is interesting because the whole movie is just that voyage over on the boat. I said, that's kind of sounds interesting that the whole thing is that usually the movies cover like 10 minutes of that, where they put them in the boat. And when the boat gets to England, there's nobody left alive. <laughs> and they said, the whole movie is this coffin in, in the ship. And one by one, he's taking them out. Um, I guess I'll, I'll I'll try to rent that or something because I heard good things. Yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. It's uh, universal, but it's not. You know, they kind of gave up on that whole monsterverse thing or whatever. Um. Yeah. Well, you know, what are you going to do? I don't know why they even tried that. Anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Your damn <laughs> dark universe bullshit. All right. Listen, guys. Not everything needs to be inter- not everything needs to be interconnected. You guys. I mean, you know, Godzilla, yes, but everything else can. Say, I would just say that Marvel's had a, more misses than hits lately. Maybe people are just like, all right, they don't need to be all connected because <laughs> even do, Marvel I'm, can't. I'm, pull, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's it's homework for people. The more you try to it connect is. everything to, the more eventual plot holes you're going to have, and it's just it just makes it's, it's a crap it's, shoot. It's, it's, it's a crapshoot because if they're not hits. If they're not successful, it only takes a couple, and you're like, "Well, I don't need to catch these anymore." Right. <laughs> you know? That's where I am. Mm-hmm. 
Mario, I think you hit it right on the head. It's the number one thing I say now to people. If it starts feeling like homework, I say, my buddy Mario says, if it starts feeling like homework, oh, I better catch that because I won't know what's happening next. Then you might as well be back in school. You right. know? <laughs> there's no there's no reason to make it that complicated. And I know, I yeah. know. Disney just, you know, they did it with Star Wars. They did it with, uh, they just, they just milk everything. They milk everything. It's just like being at one of their parks. They, they milk you for every, they're going to milk every cent out of you. Yeah, Um, that's right. Except, except what they're doing, they're, what they're milking from you now is time. They're milking time from you (laughs) because they're making you watch these shows and they're not good. Well, time is money. So if that, there time, you go. Making money, or mm-hmm. if you're if from Spinal Tap, mime is money. So don't forget that. Yeah, but yeah. It's a glut. It's it's oversaturation, which is the problem with the Star Wars stuff. It's it used to feel special. Now there's just too much of it. Here's the thing. And that's kind of the Marvel thing too. And I'll say it's this real. Much. I'll say this real quick because I know Jake has to get out of here. You know, they always talk about like westerns being you know kind of a touchstone, and then when the westerns died, like in the '60s. You know, it wasn't, there's still never fully been a, a whole Western thing where they're back. We've had blips. We've had blips like, um, you know, where, you know, in the 80s, they had like Silverado and Pale Rider, and then they did Unforgiven. Tombstone, and then, Tombstone Unforgiven. But it, th- th- those are exceptions. They never hit the heights they did in the 40s and 50s. By the 60s, they're already kind of on their way out. Um, yep, and the, yep, the, uh, yep. and, it, and the, the spaghetti Western kind of injects a little bit of life back into it, right? But yeah. by the 70s, they're all but dead. You know, you have a few here and there, but by the 70s, you know, you have the outlaw Josie Wales, and that's really the only really notable Western yeah. in the 70s. Um, yeah. Maybe McCabe and Mrs. Miller or whatever. But uh, but look how long that genre. You're talking, like, let's say, let's let's start with Stagecoach, which was like the first kind of phenomenon, right? All those Adult little... Western, yeah, yeah, all those little B pictures they used to make, all the stuff with Audie Murphy, all of it. Westerns until for almost twenty years. Uh, twenty and, and on TV, you probably had fifty westerns on TV. Right, right. From like from like fifty five to like uh, you know six, you know sixty nine. It's all westerns. So you know? when you go back to when you look at the early days of Iron Man, we're at about that period now. It's we've had these uh-huh. super, we've had these superhero movies for about twenty years. You know. You know, and there's been some early stuff like the Batman trilogy and the, the uh, like the early Batmans and the early Spider-Mans, but leading up to that. But it's been about 20 years of solid uh, superhero movies. That's about what we can take as a, I think, over it. as a public. I think we're just at that point where we're over it. And yeah, I you, think you're right. And it went further than I thought. I really thought superhero burnout would have come much sooner. But as long as people were coming up with fresh takes and they were having, as long as there's hits, the only thing they understand is money. Once they stop having hits, if somebody can't come up with another superhero hit, that will be the end of the genre. Right. <laughs> you know, you know and, and, and the thing is, I think Marvel shot themselves in the foot because there was an air of finality to uh, Endgame. Endgame? Yeah. So everything and else, where, and that's where it should have ended, right? Everything else feels superfluous, or let it rest for like five years, let mm-hmm. it rest, build up interest, and then go. Hey, what's happening with these characters? What? There's a new Captain America. Who, you know that. Let it, let it build up. Let it build up because you can read a comic book in 15 minutes. It takes yeah. you two hours to sit yeah. through a movie. Absence you know I mean? makes the heart grow fonder. That's you let it. us make us miss you before you start coming back. 
And, and they don't do it. It's like with the Spider-Man movies. They won't let you take a breath. There's too much money to be made. They're like, this one didn't work. Next year, we we go into production with a new Spider-Man. They won't wait. That's why, like Batman, there was like a breathing period. Clooney didn't work. Let's give it about five years. You know? That's why uh, Spider-Man. That's why the animated Spider-Verse is my favorite thing right now because it feels yeah. fresh. It feels like a comic book. It feels. It doesn't feel like yeah. the movies. I don't feel like there's homework. I've seen the first one. Now I can go see the second one, you know? Yeah. 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 So anyway. I agree. Anyway, I, Jake, thanks for being here. Sorry for keeping you a few extra minutes. Um, we love you guys. Thank you for joining us for another new year. We're into the 2000s now, so join us in two weeks, and I will post what the movie's going to be. I don't know just yet. And by the way, if you follow us on Facebook, the Superiority Complex on Facebook, I am doing a thing this year. I'm taking a page out of the Pat Francis uh, rock solid uh, album of the day uh, uh, page. And if you guys like Michael Bagford who do it religiously every day, do a different album. I'm not going to do a full album, but every day on the Facebook page, I am doing a jazz track uh, for, oh, wow. the, for, uh, 20, for 2024. So at the end of the year, you'll have 365. If I stick to it, uh, I, you, will, <laughs> you will have 365, uh, a playlist of about 365 different jazz tracks that I enjoy. And I'm, I'm going, I'm wow. picking, I'm picking from all eras. I'm not going in any particular order because I want to keep it fresh for people. They can do, they can arrange the playlist as they like later on. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to start doing that. So every day look for that on our Facebook page and it's uh, superiority complex podcast on uh, Facebook. Uh, if anybody still uses Facebook, uh, I'm trying to wean us off Twitter. So I didn't do anything over there, but, uh, anyway, that's it guys. So for next, cool. time, so until next week for Jake, for John and for myself, we say happy 20 to 2024, uh, fight the power. Is that how I usually sign off? Oh, this transmission ends now. Fight the fight.